0: This is a production of WEDU-PBS. Tampa, St. Petersburg, Sarasota.
1: Coming up next, our guest today went from being a farm worker, growing up in the segregated South, to attending one of the best universities in the country. He was a civil rights activist in the 1960s. His award-winning writing for the Tampa Bay Times has opposed some types of political correctness. He's written about the modern day vestiges of slavery and what blacks themselves need to do to overcome the legacy of oppression. Writer Bill Maxwell is our guest right now on a special edition of Florida This Week. Welcome back. Our guest, Bill Maxwell, was born in Fort Lauderdale in 1945 in an all-black hospital, Provident Hospital. He attended segregated public schools in Florida and other southern states. His parents were farm workers, and he traveled with them until he was 16 years old. When he went to live with his grandparents in crescent city florida in 1964 he became a civil rights activist and a volunteer for the sclc and SNCC, and worked throughout the south he served as a marine in vietnam and later graduated from bethune cookman college in daytona beach he earned a master's degree in english language and literature from the university of chicago For 25 years, he wrote editorials and a syndicated column for the Tampa Bay Times, formerly the St. Petersburg Times. His award-winning writing appeared in newspapers worldwide. He also taught journalism and English at colleges and universities in Alabama, Florida, Illinois, and Texas. In 1995, he created Role Models Foundation to assist students who wanted to become writers. His latest book is Maximum Vantage. It won the 2022 Florida Book Award for Florida nonfiction. And Bill Maxwell joins us now. Bill, nice to have you here. Thank thank you for coming over. Thank you. So I want to start with the topic of political correctness and what some people call woke uh you wrote a column in 2016 criticizing trigger warnings to college students you wrote against barring certain speakers from college campuses uh you criticized those who thought that uh, books like Huckleberry Finn should not be assigned mm-hmm. uh to college students uh that college students should not be protected from distressing ideas why did you say all that
0: um, well uh if there's one place where uh there should be complete intellectuality and it it should be the college campus and and by the way the same thing for high school campuses Uh, I I, I don't think that ideas are and words are diseases they're not so uh, there's no need to be afraid of it Uh, when I when I was uh, at the University of Chicago um, we had um, Nazis come on campus to speak well my classmates and I had a very uh, smart way to deal with that don't show up to listen to them. And so I believe in that. If you don't, you don't like a program, you don't like a speaker, then don't deal with that person. But I, I have no right, I don't think, to, to cancel to make anyone uh, not show up on my campus. They should be there. And uh, I don't need to go listen to them. So and do th- I don't listen to every, everybody. Do you think some college students are being
1: coddled? Yes,
0: I think so, absolutely. Yeah. Especially here in the state of Florida for all the wrong reasons. So I, I, we should not coddle anyone and, and keep them from
1: ideas. That's all they are: their ideas and their words. Well, here in the state of Florida, we've got this—we've uh, uh, got a government right now that has outlined uh, uh, concepts that should not be taught in schools right. and has outlined uh, open the doors to books being banned from schools. What do you think about that?
0: Um, I think it's wrong-headed. And as a matter of fact, I think it's stupid. Uh, uh, what? Why shouldn't a kid read uh, uh, a book that portrays the life of a, of, a, of a gay kid? There's no harm in that. It's not gonna turn anyone gay. And by the way, I don't know anyone, I don't think you, you either, I don't know anyone who's grooming children. I don't, I don't know a single teacher who's doing that. I think it's made up, it's nonsense, and it's uh, intellectually dishonest. Mm -hmm. It's not happening.
1: When when you spoke out and when you wrote the column saying that uh, there should be no trigger warnings on campuses and speakers should be allowed, all speakers should be allowed to come and speak, were you called a conservative?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, once again, anyone who calls me conservative is is unsophisticated. Otherwise, uh, if you're a smart person, you would know anything that you have read about me, uh, you would know that I'm not conservative. Now, what makes me conservative in people's minds is that I criticize fellow black people. Anytime you criticize um, your fellows, then you become a conservative, and I'm not. Uh, The fact is that um, I think that uh, if you have a child, you should read to the child. If you have a house, take care of the house. Uh, That makes me conservative. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not conservative. That's plain common sense, and it's uh, being self-aware. So no, I'm not conservative at
1: all. You, we can go through some issues and I can and show you. Uh, uh, well, we're, we're gonna do that. Uh, so uh, just getting back to this idea of not banning speakers, if, if somebody though is, let's say that they, they are Nazi, you said at the University of Chicago Nazis were allowed to speak on campus. Yes. But if somebody brings a message of hate to campus, hate mm-hmm. for uh, uh, black people or hate for gays and lesbians, mm-hmm. should. I mean that—that's got to offend a bunch of kids on campus, right?
0: It's, yeah. So you're offended. Uh, you don't have to go listen to it. And uh, I—I I, would—I've been in that situation before, where uh, speakers have come to campus, and I was a professor, and I would tell my students who the person is, what the topic is, and if it offends you, I would not go. If you agree with it, then of course you're going to go. So um, I think. Uh, the college campus is a place where there should be utter, ultimate freedom, mm-hmm. and, uh, and uh, ideas sh- should never be uh, canceled from a college campus.
1: No idea. I want to ask about your e- early years. Both of your parents were farm workers. Yes. Eventually you went, up, went to the University of Chicago as a graduate student, but, but you grew up in the farm work working milieu in the community. Tell us about what was life like for you growing up. Um, well, it was, um,
0: we, we lived in, mostly we lived in migrant camps. Uh, we didn't live in any, any town or any city. In fact, we weren't wanted in town. There were some towns that we couldn't go into. We had to send one person or send two people to go and get what we needed because we were considered, considered to be, you know, these filthy farm workers. Um, uh, you you drive out through the uh, the farm working areas, you see the people out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's stupid labor, you're working all day, Um, you are dirty, Um, and uh, you don't have the kind of money you need to buy nice things. So you are a a, 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 a people who are not wanted. So I grew up, no matter where I went, uh, we grew up in, uh, let's say, Fort Lauderdale, we start there. We go to Belle Glade, we go to Hastings, we go to uh, Georgia for peaches, we go to Carolinas, we go to New Jersey, go to New York. And uh, no matter where we went, we were outsiders. We were not wanted by anyone. As a matter of fact, uh, I would say some of the worst discrimination we received was from fellow black people. They
1: didn't want us around their, uh, their children. So, What was it about your uh, family life, your mom and dad, that helped yeah. you rise above being just simply a farm worker?
0: Uh, now that's a question I really don't, I don't know if I can answer that all I know is that uh, uh, I read a lot my father taught me how to read and I read a lot and it was uh, it was an escape from the drudgery of uh, data living as a farm worker and it gave me uh, a way to to be someone else It gave me a way to see uh, to get ideas it gave me a way to know that there was something better than being a person doing stoop labor. So reading was actually uh, escape. Escape is not a good word Some is, you know, sometimes, but in this case, for a young kid, uh, it was escape. And I did know that there were things that were better. Hell, I, want, I wanted to go to Paris. I read about Paris. I wanted to go to New York. So uh, reading
1: gave me another, another kind of world. So when you got to the University of Chicago campus uh, with all your experience at being at some of the lowest economic points of society mm-hmm. and uh, some of the lowest uh, racial components of society, mm-hmm. what was it like to go to the University of Chicago with your background?
0: Uh, it was
1: uh,
0: mind-boggling. Uh, I had to catch up. Everything I did was catch up. As a matter of fact, I uh, took no dose, and I, didn't, I wouldn't go to sleep for sometimes almost a week because I, had, I read, I had to keep up. Uh, when I went to class, there were some brilliant people from the Ivy League schools, you know. I was in graduate school. So everybody there came there already with a lot of background in reading. Luckily I had read a lot, but I had not read uh, John Milton. I had not read a lot of Shakespeare, and I had to. So it was, um, it was scary
1: for me. There had to be no other people with your background yeah, well, there on the campus had, at that Well, point. we had
0: 90 students in, in my class and we only had three blacks, I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. So we stood out like sore thumbs, you know, and, uh, and there were a couple of professors who would um, lean on us to make sure that we had read uh, uh, the material. And fortunately, uh, all three of us were readers, so. But I did, after a while, you know, you, you begin to blend. And after, you know, about a, in, into second quarter, Uh, I could feel that I I had been accepted by many of the uh, students, but it was off-putting initially. And for many of the professors, they had never had someone like us uh, in class before.
1: Before you got to the University of Chicago, uh, you were, among other things, uh, 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 an organizer Mm -hmm. uh, with uh, Dr. King's uh, Southern Christian Leadership Conference Mm -hmm. and with the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. You Mm -hmm. signed people up to register to vote Mm -hmm. in Mississippi in 1964, tell us about that.
0: It was, it was hell, it was uh, scary. Um, it was um, very violent. Uh, there was a poll tax for blacks to go register to vote. There was also a literacy test that you had to take. Uh, and um, most people could not pass the test because it was made up on the spot. You know, what's the, what does the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution uh, say? And you, so you had to. you know, Who knows that? So uh, it was, um, it was, it was, it was mind-boggling. And then we had to knock on doors. So we went door to door, trying to get people who were. The fear of God was in them already. You know, Mississippi was a very violent place. So most blacks that we talked to, did not want us to come and talk to them. They were nice enough, and they would promise us we would come. They were going to go register, but. Uh, we knew that we were, we, were, we were, you know, it was an uphill battle. As a matter of fact, we worked all summer in the whole state of Mississippi, and we didn't register but 1,600 people mm. for the whole
1: summer. At the beginning uh, of that summer, uh, Schwerner, Goodman, and Cheney were kidnapped, and their bodies weren't found for several months. Right. It, it ha- and knowing that they had disappeared, these were uh, uh, two white men and a black man that that. Right. been uh, trying to register people to vote at the beginning of Freedom Summer, mm-hmm. they disappeared almost as soon as they got to Mississippi. In fact, the first week, yeah, they they disappeared, right? Yeah. So, what was it like knowing that the, these your fellow workers were gone and there was no word what happened to them? <laughs> I was
0: scared to death. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can tell you one thing. Uh, SNCC made a very smart um, decision. They decided to bring uh, about two thousand white kids, students from the north, to come to Mississippi. To help us register people to vote, if they have, if those white kids had not been there, we would have all been killed. But luckily, because there were so many young white people, you know, clean-cut, fresh faces, it kept the Klan away and it kept some of the cops away from us. If we had been there only uh, on our own, as blacks, uh, I think I would be, de- I would be dead today. But luckily, uh, the white kids uh, softened. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the violence.
1: What do you think about the re-emergence these days of racist groups? There are neo-Nazis now demonstrating all across Florida. The Klan is more active. You've got uh, these groups like the Proud Boys and the Holocaust yeah. deniers. I mean, there's a resurgence of these yeah. kind of right-wing groups that were opposed back in the '60s to civil rights, but now they're back, and in some places they're mainstream.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I, I could be wrong about this, but I think that uh, the, the election of Donald Trump did something fundamentally uh, bad for us. Uh, He did something that that I think is important though. Donald Trump uh, got rid of all of the pretense. We're now looking at who we are as Americans. And we are basically a racist country that cannot be cured of it. And Donald Trump has proven that. And now we have institutions that I even thought at one time were pretty much immune to what we're up against, but, but we're not. I thought, and I wrote a column uh, um, uh, many years ago, that what distinguished us from other places was the rule of law. Well, the rule of law now is gone pretty much in many places, in many institutions, and so you see what you get when that happens. Mm -hmm. I never would have uh, thought, and I would have bet you a million bucks that what happened at the Capitol, January 6th could not have happened in this country. But that's what happens when
1: you pull away the pretense. That's who we are. Okay, so when you say the country cannot be cured, that sounds pretty pessimistic. You it think there's, pessimistic. No, there's no, okay, so why are you so pessimistic?
0: Because, we, because we're racist. I mean, America's a racist place. It was founded that way. I mean, look at, uh, slaves came here. We use slave labor to make the country what it is. What do you think going to change about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're, I'm dark-skinned. I uh, can't change that. On
1: site, I'm a problem
0: for a lot of people.
1: I want to read from your book, uh, Maximum Vantage. It's a, a collection of your columns over the years and it goes to this point. Uh, you talk about uh, African-Americans and you say, many have cast aside the old romanticism of the land of the free. No matter what conventional wisdom holds, insightful blacks know that they are permanent strangers in the place of their birth. Yeah. That phrase, permanent strangers, talk yeah. more, why do you feel that way? Uh,
0: I'm never going to be accepted. you know. On, as I said before, on-site, I'm not accepted. And then, when it gets deeper than that, uh, we have ingrained behavior, we have ingrained attitudes, and uh, I don't care what anyone says about uh, 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 institutions being racist. When, when, they, when that happens, when a bank is racist, what happens to, to Bill? who comes in for a loan. Well, th- that translates into what happens back in my household. If I can't uh, qualify, institutionally I can't qualify, what does that do for my daily life? What does that do for my children? It means that my children are, are automatically disadvantaged. And so that's not going to change in this country. Uh, we, we, we passed a few laws that uh, uh, made things fair on the books but not here. Uh, we're still, we're still racist. How and do you think you, we change people's hearts? Uh, attrition won't do it. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't know because right now, what, what is the governor telling his children? He's got three real cute kids. Look at what they're seeing from, from their father. How, how were those,
1: what kind of adults are they going to be? Well, let's, let's talk think. about that for a moment. There's politicians, I think the governor included, that think that there's no such thing as institutional racism, that we passed the civil rights laws in the 1960s, we've got affirmative action, we've got things that, that make, make amends for some of what happened in the past and that we're in a new era and we don't need to look back and say, well, the institutional racism that might have existed 50 or 100 years ago, it no longer exists. What do you say? I mean, I, critical
0: race theory is is true. I mean, uh, the, the the fact is, um, uh, the, the institutions themselves are what you're looking at. And I see a study uh, uh, released almost every week now that shows that banks are unfair to us, car lending is um, is unfair to us, housing is unfair to us. What? What am I supposed? To be? I'm not I'm not with stupid, you know. So. Um, um, anyone who thinks critically c- cannot help but conclude that uh, America um, is 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 uh, is racist. Take our school system. Our schools are as are segregated as they were the day Dr. King was assassinated. Matter of fact, they are more so now. You look at uh, look at Hillsborough County. Look at Pinellas County. You tell me that our schools are are integrated? Mm-hmm.
1: No. You, you say at one point in your book that because blacks realize that they'll never, never be fully appreciated and integrated into society, they've created their own society. So for instance, you point uh, to rap music yeah. as one of the institutions that says, okay, we're going to do things differently and we're going to say to the uh, dominant white society, forget about you guys, this is us. Yeah. So talk about why, why you see the rise of these black institutions. Being separate from the white majority,
0: um, I mean, it's, it's just reality. The fact that I, I don't, I don't, I don't see a, I don't see a real positive message in rap music, but I can see, I can see why it is there, and, I, and, it, and there's a need for it for a lot of people. I don't need it, but uh, it, it is what it is. It, it is a reflection of what we have created. If anyone, if a white person doesn't like rap music, then then look at look at yourself. I mean, you you, you did this. Uh, uh, no, no white kid in in in, uh, in in Oakland woke up one morning and said, "I'm going to uh, write protest music." It didn't happen. No, the, the person grew into that. And until we start to actually assume responsibility for what we created, uh, we have a problem. John Stewart uh, uh, said one night, uh, I forget who was he, was. he was on CNN, and John Stewart said you know, people like DeSantis. The reason he has a problem, we haven't taken care of the problem to begin with. We have never taken care of discrimination the way we should have. And so now we have what? Discrimination. And here you are telling us that those guys are the problem. I read somewhere that you always um, despise people you mistreat. We had been mistreated, and therefore we're despised. So I, b- I believe that's a truism. If, if you if you if you if you mistreat someone, you would despise that person.
1: What do you think about family values? I mean, there's conservatives that push back and say, you know, blacks need to have more family values, and, and if, if they made their family whole, then there would be uh, there wouldn't be the problems in the black community.
0: Uh, I don't have any problem with that. I'm I'm am I'm, I'm a strong believer. In making sure that the, the, the household itself is safe, the household has uh, love in it, and uh, and, uh, and and in the shelter. I know I believe in that, so I have no problem with with that uh, argument. You go anywhere in the world, uh, uh, tight knit families are 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 it. And so, if you have a, a subculture like we are, and we are not tight then we, we, we do have a problem. So if anyone tells me that, uh, I would say, yeah. And I'm not conservative either. The fact is that, damn it, uh, uh, families that stick together uh, and have the right kinds of values can thrive in a, a, a particular way. We are never going to be part of this country. I'm never going to be the equal of uh, Ron DeSantis. But I can also go to my neighbor who's black and say, you know, you know we need to get together and, 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 and clean this up and take care of this. We need to really make black lives matter. Let's not hurt each other. Let's not kill each other. Now, that makes me conservative. Now, I said, you know, that's, that's bunk. But the fact is that common sense is nothing more than survival.
1: You're, uh, in addition to all your interests, you're a strong environmentalist. Is there a nexus between environmentalism and, and justice and civil justice? Well, the environment is everything.
0: I mean, no, no matter, everything is the environment. And what, the environment what made you everything. so interested in the environment? Like I just said, it's, it's, it's everything. And, matter of fact, as a child, um, I, I lived in it as a, as a migrant farm worker. Uh, I was out in the the great outdoors uh, almost all the time, and uh, it, I, I, don't, I don't understand why everybody doesn't realize that uh, the, the climate is changing, why you can't see that the sea level is rising. You don't know that the Great Salt Lake is drying up. So, uh, so where do you live? Where, where are you going to exist? So we have to love the environment. We have to love uh, uh, Mother Nature.
1: We have to love the world. We're almost down to the last uh, minute or so, but we're coming up on the anniversary of Dr. King's "I Have a Dream" speech. And you say that a lot of people that uh, are now saying things favorably about Dr. King are mm-hmm. getting it wrong. Yeah. Tell us what you mean by that. Yeah, you know, I mean
0: nothing even galls me more than to have some white guy uh, running around saying, you know, Dr. King said, uh, "Judge me by, you know, not by my skin color, but by the, by the content of my character." Okay, I would judge you by the content of your character. You're racist. So if you're a racist, you, you don't have the right. You don't have the, uh, Ron DeSantis does not have the right to mention Dr. King in any, in any way whatsoever. Uh, none of these segregationists, and that's what they are, uh, have the right. No, no one in Alabama right now that I know of who's a leader that got rid of Doug Jones, but none of those people have the right to invoke the name of Dr. King, because Dr. King did not mean for you to use his words that way. He was trying to tell you that we have value, we are equal to you, and and God made us all equal. And so uh, uh, no white man, especially a racist white man, has a right to invoke Dr. King's uh, word because you would be an intellectually dishonest when you do we just have thirty
1: seconds are, are you saying that that there are politicians that are uh, want to reinvoke segregation Yes, a lot of them uh, i, I 'm
0: not sure if ron doesn 't want to uh, Rick scott i 'm not sure what he yes we have some very bad people uh, actually running the state of Florida i don 't know where all these guys came from uh, who go to Tallahassee with these uh, i don 't know i don 't know where they get it from but they are. If you're telling me that my history cannot be discussed in the classroom, why why would you be afraid of my history? Why would you want to uh, uh, white kids not to know that we actually hang a man uh, three blocks from here? Um, the kids should know that. The kids should know that blacks were brought here in the holds of ships, and that they were worked until they died. Why shouldn't you know that? So anyone who, will, uh, who perpetrates that kind of uh, uh, philosophy, who speaks that way, for me, is nothing but a racist. And uh, we have a lot of those people right now running uh, important institutions. We just, I just heard this morning that many uh, uh, police departments, many of them now, are actually uh, recruiting uh, Proud Boys why would you recruit, why would you allow uh, a person like that to be in the police department? Why would you allow a Klansman to be on the police force? And that was one of the problems in St. Augustine when I was, a, when I was growing up. Many of the uh, deputies, many police uh, officers in St. Johns County were Klansmen, mm.
1: and that's why it was so dangerous. Bill, thank you so much. We're out of time, but it's always All great right. to talk to you. All right, thank you. Well, Bill Maxwell, thanks for being on the program, and thank you for joining us. Send send us your comments at FTW at WEDU.org and like us on Facebook. You can view this and past shows online at WEDU.org or on the PBS app. And Florida This Week is now available as a podcast. And from all of us here at WEDU, have a great Memorial Day weekend.
0: Florida This Week is a production of WEDU, who is solely responsible for its content.